party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week on the show, I am joined once again by Jason Cordova, lead organizer of the Gauntlet Gaming Community, an incredible group of podcasters, game designers, and role-playing game enthusiasts of all kind. Check out their work at gauntletrpg.com for the second half of our Cthulhu Dark two-parter. Before we dive in, though, a brief reminder of the content warnings for this episode. This mystery deals heavily with themes of sexual exploitation and pornography. There are strong body horror elements. And in this episode in particular, there is a brief instance of animal self-harm. And with that said, let's not waste any more time. Let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. Uh, This week, I'm sitting down once again with Jason Cordova. Jason, thank you so much for coming back. Oh, thanks for having me back. So, uh, we are picking up where we left off with our Cthulhu Dark adventure. So, uh, why don't you take a moment and fill us in on what has happened so far? Well, so far, we our protagonist, Calvin, has begun his investigation of the disappearance of a young woman named Elsie Hunsaker, who goes by the stage name Dahlia Devane. Hasn't really earned her stage name yet, because she's only been in a couple of bit, bit parts. But um, she's gone missing, and Calvin has tracked her down, her last known whereabouts, uh, to the Hotel Miramar, where she had been staying for a while, where she was a long-term resident, and is indeed, we discovered, uh, still having her bill paid by someone. Um, Calvin did a little bit of investigation and discovered that she has a connection to a person named Mr. Appleton, a sort of man about town who uh, is engaged in some pretty interesting activity. And... uh, Calvin further learned and discovered uh, that Mr. Appleton had in his possession uh, a book, um, a photo book called the Tijuana Bible, and um, started to get a bad feeling about this book, uh, particularly the fact that uh, there is this sort of like strange, disgusting smell that is haunting Calvin and seems to be associated with this book in some way. And uh, Calvin, uh, there at the very end, while waiting for Mr. Appleton uh, to come back to his room, uh, has decided to burn the Tijuana Bible because there were noises coming from his messenger bag where the Tijuana Bible was at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a couple of other little details, too. Uh, Mr. Appleton has experienced some sudden weight gain. Mm-hmm. Went from a so, size 40 to a 48 overnight, which... Over, seemingly, yeah. yeah. Something, something's up. And... This may or may not be connected to uh, a body that turned up at the hotel about a year ago that the police never investigated, that the papers never yep. reported on, that stories indicate that it was bloated, skin ripping, took up the entire bed. <sighs> Pretty horrific sounding I bet scene. there's a connection. <laughs> I bet there's a connection. Sure seems that way. And so... Um, Real quick before we uh, get before we pick back up, the same uh, same content warnings as previous episode applies. Uh, there's going to be some sexual content, some pornography, some sexual exploitation themes. Uh, never uh, sexual assault, child abuse, pet abuse, that sort of thing will never be presented on screen. And veiled eye injuries. Awesome. So Calvin. You had heard this strange sort of muffled breathing sound coming from Mm -hmm. the direction of where your bag was your bag that contained some documents as well as the Tijuana Bible. And you said that you took some of the sort of official documents out of the bag that you'd snatched and we're going to burn the Tijuana Bible. You had your, your lit cigar that you threw in there. Right. And I love it. I, 
I stand there for a second, and I've got the lit cigarette, and I, I, I'm just about to throw it, and I pull back, and I say, not here, not right now, and I pull back, and I grab it, I keep the ledger in one hand, I just, uh, kick my way through the door i've got the 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 cameras weighing heavy on my neck and i'm sort of like holding the messenger bag and the ledger kind of like cradling them like a baby in my hands as i like run down the hallway i barrel down the stairs i kick open the door to the stairwell and i just kind of uh run through the back door of the hotel into this alley I find the first trash can that I can find, and I throw the whole messenger bag in there, and that's where I just wing a lighter. Just full-on Zippo (laughs) into the trash can, light the whole thing up. Did you you save anything from Mr. Appleton's stuff? Uh, I I saved a ledger. I took a ledger. Perfect. A ledger and names is what I was looking for. Fantastic. Go ahead and... uh, so what you're going to do now, this is this counts as suppressing mythos knowledge, which we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and roll your insight die. And as long as you get under a five, then you're going to lower your insight. That is a one. Fantastic. So you're down to four. All right. So no longer in the danger zone as far as that goes. It's about three in the afternoon. There's a burning trash can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's you. And just seeing it burn... How does it make you feel like you, you know, because you're kind of this action is you clawing back mm-hmm. like, you know, some of the real world and bringing it to yourself. Right. What does that feel like? Uh, disappointing in a way, you know, it felt like I'm not one to run from a case. You know, I've seen some pretty grisly things. And so this feels a little bit. I think this the, this feels a little bit like a betrayal of the self that I have put forward, but it also kind of feels right. You know, it, it's... You kind of get this sense, you look at a dead body, and the first few times you puke, the second few times you gag, and then eventually you, you get numb. And... There's almost a sense of relief that I can still feel something. That I'm not wholly a lost cause yet. That there's still something, there's still some voice screaming in the back of my brain. And as weird as it is to say that that's a relief, it's a bit of a relief. And Elsie Hunsaker, a.k.a. Dolly Devane, is also somewhere in the back of your brain, I assume. Mm-hmm. It's about three in the afternoon. You've got this ledger. You've got some sense that there's some freaky stuff going on uh, surrounding her case. And this Mr. Appleton fellow uh, and the Hotel Miramar. Um, what's your next move? Where do you go? What do you do? Uh, I'm going to head back to my apartment. Okay. Loud, cramped, right next to a, right next to an L stop. The whole thing kind of rattles when a train goes by. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of the only place I can think. You know, it's kind of the only place that 
I mean, it's never been quiet, but it's kind of, it's my, it's my version of quiet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. So tell me about your apartment. I mean, you, you've given us a nice little bit there uh, at the outset. I'd like to know, what do we see? Well, let me back up. Would you say that you're happy with how your career has progressed so far? Uh, yes. Or just your life in general? Yes. In a, in a, in a, in a, it, you wouldn't expect it, but yes. You know, okay. this is definitely not the lot that maybe, I mean, if you ask my, if you ask my parents, they're going to give you a different answer. But, uh, you know, I found a thing that I'm damn good at. And sometimes, and I make a, not much of a living, but I make a living off of that. There are worse, there are worse ways to describe a life. As our camera sort of pans around your, 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 your room there, your, your apartment, what do we see what do we see that you have situated somewhere in the room as a trophy, some kind of evidence of, of your success or your best accomplishment ever since you arrived in Hollywood? Um, my apartment is littered with some still developing and some published crime scene photos. It's a bit of a grisly scene in and of itself, uh, but there are photos plastered on the wall and the, and the the achievement is there are is there is framed a front page uh was it the LA Sun is that the big newspaper what's the big I'm not newspaper? sure I, 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 we'll just say there's one called LA Sun yeah yeah the LA Sun <laughs> there's a front page spread of a like there's a front page spread of the big pic there's two pictures and and the big achievement is i took both of them there is and it's kind of a picture in picture effect of there's a smaller picture of a dead body uh, a local politician had been shot and i was the one on the scene that got a picture of the body and a bigger picture of the guy that shot him hmm. police used my picture you know they 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 used the pictures that i gave them they pieced them, they, they kind of like looked them over and it helped them construct a narrative. It helped them put this guy away. And so the the bigger picture is this guy getting hauled off to prison. Nice, nice. And so for as, as morbid and macabre as my apartment looks, there's that one little symbol of like, I did a good thing one time. I helped someone one time. Who knows? I could do it again. Possibly. Speaking of which, what do you do? I am going to um, start going through uh, names in this ledger, going through, seeing what I can piece, seeing the names that I recognize, seeing the names that I don't, and then starting to go through, uh, I picture I've got big filing cabinets in my room of uh, both crime scene photos and like published police reports. Just anything that could, like, push me towards a story if I'm supposed to, like, piece together the narrative of something. So I'm starting to, like, look through these filing cabinets, look through names, and see if anything lines up of anybody that's been convicted, anybody that's got a record. 
any names yeah. that might jump out as dangerous or interesting or linked to something grisly or morbid or dark. I love it. Let's have a at least a two die roll on that, and I'm going to look at my notes while you roll your dice. Uh, I think I'm going to go for three on this. Cool. I think this is definitely this is definitely throwing my insight in there. Uh, that is a three. That is a three tops. <laughs> okay. Well, was the inside die higher than either of the other two? Uh, it was not. No. Okay. Cool. So we're looking at a three. Awesome. It's hard to make sense of any of it. The names are clearly pseudonyms, mm-hmm. um, like made up of. Uh, first names and surnames of mm-hmm. famous actors and actresses, right? Com- you know, shuffled up in, into different combinations, right? Like um, uh, Greta Dietrich, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, that kind of thing. And you're going through your old files. Um, this 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 city's this city's filled with crime and debauchery and bad stuff, right? Going through a bunch of stuff not really turning up much that makes any sense vis-a-vis Elsie. The one thing, the one consistent thing that you're able to piece together from both the ledger as well as um, just stories like old news clippings, just things you've been looking at, particularly there are some old news clippings um, related to um, related to a particular pornography ring mm-hmm. that was kind of cracked down on a few years back. Sure. The one thing that comes up that's consistent through some of this stuff is an address. That address is 120 North Farm Road 2. This address comes up over and over again. It is still technically in the city, but it's definitely on the outskirts of the city. Um, it's it's more just kind of a rural part of the county, really. And this address just comes up. Um, you have no idea what's there. You have no idea. Um, you have no idea what you'll find. You don't even know for sure necessarily that it's connected to Dahlia Devane, but it is an address that comes up. You can ask some follow up questions on that along those lines if you wish. Um, so, uh, you said this is in the, you said this is an address in the city? Uh, technically in the city, but it's actually, it's actually like out, like in a kind of a rural part. Like it's, it's within the boundaries of this, like it's within the boundaries of the, you know, the police jurisdiction, right? Got it, got but it, got it's, it. But it's, you know, yeah. Out in the burbs, basically. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, before the burbs, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's definitely concerning i mean there's no like i feel like anytime anytime people are leaving the leaving the strip it's a little concerning but um like you see lots of things being sent to this address right um and sent like being sent to and sent from the address pops up a couple of times as an address for example a few years ago uh, there was that that pornography ring I mentioned. Um, there, th- th- it was a, it was a house where like some films were being made, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a few years later, um, you know, in more recent times, maybe connected to Mister Appleton's ledger, it's a house where he's he's doing some kind of business with them, right? 
Um, is there any common link between the things being shipped there? Is it all film supplies? Is it is it a few different? Is are the packet are the things being sent there like demarcated? Are they written it in the ledger? Says th- it all says things like uh, it's it's all clearly like it's all clearly like a code. Mm-hmm. It's like apples and oranges, you know, like it's, it's like things that, that have no relationship to each other and they don't make any sense. Um, it's it, the only thing you know for sure is that Mr. Appleton is trying to keep track of something, but he doesn't want to like write down what it is. For sure. Right? Yeah. All right. I mean, that's a, <sighs> I don't want to, but I guess that means we know where I got to go next. Um, I'm going to pull out Jimmy's phone number okay. from my wallet, give yeah. him a call, see if he wants to grab a coffee and go over some stuff. So by this point, it's probably like in the evening, mm-hmm. I'm imagining. And we hear the occasional rumble, you know, of the train going by. We hear honking of cars mm-hmm. and laughter of young people down the street below going, going to or from some speakeasy. Right. And maybe like some strains of jazz music in the air. Mm-hmm. Sure. The operator connects you to Jimmy and he picks up and says, Hey, Calvin. So how to go over at the Miramar today? Not, uh, not great, but not, uh, some things have turned up. Nothing, uh, nothing concrete that the, uh, interview angle didn't pan out as planned per se, but some other things popped up. Um, you want to grab a coffee? Talk about some stuff in person? And Doesn't have get to be my tonight. press badge back? Yeah. Uh, sure can. <clears throat> Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, sounds great. Uh, what about the silver bullet? Perfect. That's like a diner. Yeah. Yeah. They do great pancakes. Awesome. I'll see you in uh, 20 minutes. And, and we can cut to there. Big stack of pancakes right in front of me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Jimmy's there. He is, uh, he's dressed a little bit more casually now. Right. Um, does not wearing his jacket His you know, no, no tie shirts kind of unbuttoned a little bit. Um, and you know, he's, you, you wonder why this guy's not in the movies. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. like, like a head of golden hair, movie star smile. Right. And he's like, so thank you for that. He says, as he grabs his press badge. So what are we talking about, man? What's going on? And I, I, I put the ledger on the table and I'm like, so here's what I got. Um, I wanted to. I gotta follow up on a lead tonight. I th- okay. kind of think it's gotta be tonight, but I wanted to uh I wanted to give give you what I had and say, uh, if you wanna run with this, if you wanna if you can make anything of it heads or tails and wanna publish any of it, don't wait for don't wait for me to stop you. I mean, don't wait for me to stop you or don't wait for my permission. Go go ahead. Uh, it's, a lot of it's under code, but... And I start, like, flipping through it and going... But, um... And I pull out the letter. I pull out Elsie's letter to Susan. 
And I'm like, but uh, here's what I caught. And I kind of fill him in as unto everything of he, there was a book. I didn't go through it. It's a long story. It's complicated, but it's out of the picture. Um, what was the name of the book? It was a Tijuana Bible. <laughs> what? The Tijuana Bible? The Tijuana Bible. Are you kidding me? I am not. Hand, hand to heaven. Not kidding you. <laughs> you you know what the Tijuana Bible is, right? Of course, I know what the Tijuana Bible is, but this is this was not. Oh, what is it then? It's a book of sexy photos. You pass it around. Right, right, right. But it's supposed to be the urban myth is that it is the book of sexy photos. That every photo, that every photo connects to some sort of like politician or the pope or or the king of france right like there's pictures of of every major powerful person new world order shit man like caught you know in flagrante delicto with you know with with donkeys and whores i mean it's (laughs) someone's pulling a gag on you man there's no such thing as a tijuana bible yeah no i know that but like that's what the book was that's what it was labeled as uh i don't do i think it was the tijuana bible of course not but I think he probably, this guy probably had the pull to make a Tijuana Bible, if you know what I mean. You know, town like this, you could probably pull together some fairly raunchy photos. So all these entries on the ledger, uh, this is all clearly in code. I have a feeling that he's not dealing in blankets, apples, oranges, and uh, yeah, this is all code. This is... This is like, this has got to be like girly pics, dirty film reels, human trafficking. It could be anything, right? Right. And that's what I got to. Jimmy, that's what I got to look into. There's an ad and and I, I point to the address. There's an address. It comes up again and again and again. Whatever he's got going, whatever's happening here, whatever's unfolding is unfolding at this address again and again and again. So let me get this straight. You said you were going to go up there tonight. I assume this is the address. Let me just make sure I have this completely in hand here, Calvin. You are going, you stole secret coded ledger of a bunch of illegal shit going on from someone. You have an address from it that you're going to go up to in the middle of the night out in the country where they're almost certainly doing something criminal uh, and just knock on the door. You know, Jimmy, that's a real good point. It's not exactly the most well-thought-out plan, but uh, let me counter you with this question. What would you do here? I mean, we can't just end... And I point to the ledger that is currently, like, in his hands. We can't just let this drop. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. I... This is a little hot here for me, Calvin. I mean, I know I said I'd help you out with this story, but I mean, are you suggesting we jump in, we jump in, we jump in my car and, and drive out to Farm Road 2 right now? Go, go poking around like, 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 like nighttime detectives or something? Like, what, what, what do you? No, I'm not suggesting that we go poke around. I'm suggesting you write up whatever story you want to write up about this, I go poke around and then 
what happens to me proves or disproves it. You know, either I turn up with some mundane proof of nothing, maybe I turn up with proof of criminal activity, or if I don't turn up, then you've got some wonderful written written records of the last time that I was seen alive. <sighs> I'm giving you a golden ticket, Jimmy. Man, you really... You really care about this Dahlia Devane, don't you? I mean, there must be something something special going on there, huh, Calvin? You, you'd laugh at me if I told you. Uh, I've, I've heard it all, man. I've heard it all. So, there was this movie, right? And I bust out a, I bust out a, a fresh, this, this is a fresh cigar level story. I, t- I tossed the stub. Nice, nice, yeah. And I light it. There was this movie, right? It was, uh, it was the ant people, the ant people from Planet 419. A sci-fi schlock pick, right? I was doing set photos, you know, a bit of a money gig. Los Angeles was quiet for once. So I was on set and I was at catering and she was nice to me. Shook my hand. Introduced herself, said she was Elsie, not Dahlia. You know, this business, guy looking like me, doing what I do. Not a lot of people take the time. She took the time. Figure maybe that should mean something, even in a city like this. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, I'll, uh, I'll try to follow up on some of this stuff. See what I can find out. Um, just be careful out there, okay? Yeah. I mean, you too, you know. Don't be... Don't be... Don't be a hero. Uh, <laughs> I realize the irony of that, but... Keep a low profile. See what you can dig up. Do what you do best. You're a pretty damn good writer. It's like, all right, all right. I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'll take off. You, you finish your pancakes, get your strength up, and uh, uh, let's let's meet back up tomorrow morning. Okay. Sounds good. I'll see you tomorrow morning. He takes off, and he's gone for a moment. Um, when you hear. The place has a phone. You hear the phone mm-hmm. ring. No big deal. And the waitress comes up to you and she says, um, I'm, I'm sorry. This is going to be kind of a weird question, but are you, are you Calvin Addison? Depends on who's asking. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care one way or the other, man, but does somebody there's somebody on the phone for you. Uh, they give a name? No. But I uh, look. Don't shoot the messenger, okay? I, I don't even know how they knew you were here. I mean, did, no, no, no. I appreciate it. You're you're doing your you're doing your job, and frankly, and I gesture to the pancakes. You're doing a pretty good one. So yeah, give me the phone. I'll 
I'll take it. And I kind of follow her to the follow her to the bar and I grab the phone. And I sigh as I put it to my ear and I'm like, yeah. There is mostly just some sounds when you put the phone receiver up to your ear. A bit of heavy breathing. Sounds that sound a little bit like a like a petting zoo or mm-hmm. barnyard animals in the background. Snuffling snuffling, bleating kind of noises. But kind of in the distance, not like mm-hmm. right up next right. to you, right? And that's strange. Make an inside roll. Uh, that is a five, so that puts me up to five. Is this Calvin Addison? A woman's voice says. Yeah, you know it is. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know quite who you are. I, I, I only know that you're looking for me. And it's really important that you don't come looking for me. Do you understand? It's really, really important that you just drop this and go back to whatever it is you do, okay? Just let it go. Yeah, no, I'll do that. That sounds... You convinced me. You you got through to me. Message received, loud and clear. Uh, Wonderful, great, fantastic. And you just hear in the background, right? and sort of shuffling around and things being slammed around, stomping. I have to go. I've got to go. Yeah. And then she just hangs up. Crank call. Who'd have guessed? She's like, who'd have guessed? The waitress says. And hangs up. So now how are you feeling about all this? First of all, how'd she even know you were there? How'd she know to contact you, right? It's right, very weird. of course. How'd she know to contact me? How'd she know I was looking mm-hmm. for her? Why would she tell me not to come after her? You know, and th- the last question is, she had to know I wasn't going to listen, right? I don't know. I, I got a pit in my stomach. Hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. I sure feel like this is uh, every 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 impulse in my brain is telling me to listen to what she said. Drop it. You got a decent living, right? You, you're fine. She sounds fine. But uh, I also know that the one impulse in my brain that I'm not gonna that I'm gonna listen to here is gonna pay this nice waitress, give her a little extra tip for. Putting up with a crank call. Hop in my car. Head out of town. Head to this farmhouse. So, you are driving out of the city, mm-hmm. out to Country Road 2, 120, North Country Road 2. As you drive through the city, you know. L.A., Hollywood, it is, on the one hand, it's a city that, you know, 
for a lot of people, you want to just say to hell with it. Like it's not worth saving, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And on the other hand, though, you also know that there is something here worth saving, you know, that it is, that there's something redeemable about this place, right? Mm -hmm. I'd like to know what Mm -hmm. you see as you're driving through the streets, going out to the highway. I'd like to know what you see that is both a reminder, something that makes you say, uh, to hell with this place. But then something else that makes you say, nope, I got to do this. I got to keep going. As I'm, I'm kind of making my way through, just as I'm starting, like starting to leave the city proper, I see a movie star, mid-level movie star walking down the street and three or four paparazzi directly behind them, snapping photos, screaming questions, the whole movie star experience. And I'm just like, vultures, vultures, every single one of them. And I, I, I practically roll down my window to scream at them like, you're, you're giving all of us. And I'm just, I, I stop myself <laughs> and I just hands yeah. on the wheel. I'm like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But then I, I pass by a, I pass by a theater, and I see the posters. Right, I see the posters, and I see people walking in, families walking out, people catching a late night movie. You know, couples going in on date night, families going in on their nights off. And I see those posters. I see those worlds, those worlds of action and excitement, and that art you know that taking taking reality and making it something special and there's something there's something about the movies i love it just something about the pictures fantastic you get out to north farm road two Mm -hmm. 120 it's a little bit up in the hills i guess there is there are not many houses around and indeed, 120 just leads you up to a gate, a sort of repurposed, like a repurposed cattle gate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and an old, like, kind of, wire, you know, barbed wire fence. Um, this kind of thing is, uh, you've seen it before, it's pretty common. Uh, but basically, this gate leads to a road that goes up a little ways into the hills. There's some tree cover. And... Almost certainly there's a house or something at the top, right? You can't quite see the house yet, though. But the mailbox, you know, you know you're in the right place. Mm-hmm. It's nighttime. The moon's hanging up in the sky, casting a silvery light down on everything. In fact, casting a silvery light down on a dog, um, 10 or 20 paces away, um, your only companion here on the road, uh, the dog is on the ground, curled up, um, has its face like nuzzled, nuzzled in something that it's curled up around, you know, like he just got a hold of a squirrel or something possibly, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're there. What do you do? I made it this far. Only one way to go from here and that's straight. So I'm going to look around, poke at this cattle, poke at this cattle gate, you know, poke around the mailbox, look for a way into whatever building this is, because whatever answers 
I'm looking for, or shouldn't be looking for, but am looking for, whatever, whatever's on the other side of this is here, so I gotta just press on. Mailbox is empty. The gate is not locked. It has a latch, can be lifted up quite easily. And, yeah, just quiet crickets and that dog occasionally giving like a happy whimper like he's got something really good over there what do you do yeah i'm gonna look over to the dog i think i got some i'm gonna grab like a piece of jerky or something like a real like trashy snack or what something (laughs) from my from my pocket from my vest pocket and like kind of like throw it over in the dog's direction as I kind of lift the latch on the gate sort of start get ready to head inside the dog lifts its head up turns looks at the jerky acknowledges it and goes back to whatever he's nuzzled up going after clearly much better than that piece of jerky what are you what are you ingrateful yeah, this is weird behavior, right? Like dogs live for shit like this, right? <sighs> I'm gonna like if he does if you don't want it, I'm gonna eat it. And I kinda like hustle over there and to go grab my jerky back, starting to like wave my hand, like, get out of here. You know I'm not good enough for my jerky anyway. The dog doesn't seem to be too perturbed by you. It looks up and kind of gives you like a, you know, it's just a sort of like medium-sized kind of mm-hmm. mangy mutt dog, right? Stray. He looks up and um, gives you like a, you know, like a like a happy bark, not a threatening mm-hmm. bark, you know? Aww. A little right. happy, A little happy bark. And you also notice that it's got like little rivulets of blood dripping out of its mouth and down into the ground. Oh. It's like you already, looks like you already had dinner. What do you got there? Do you go take a look? Yeah, I'll go take a look. The dog appears to be gnawing on its own hind leg. You see exposed tendon and bone and and a pool of blood nearby. And it will try to nuzzle you like it wants to be petted. I, uh, I kind of, uh, kick at its its hind leg a little bit to be like don't don't chew it you're don't chew you don't gotta chew guy and i give him a like as i'm doing that i'm kind of like scratching behind his ear to be like you don't gotta chew on come on don't be chewing you don't gotta chew and he goes right back to chewing give me an insight <sighs> that's a three so it does not go up okay you're good the dog just goes back to minding its own business ah uh, uh, uh okay uh uh, what, why are you, okay, um, look, you, I kind of put the jerky in front of him, and I'm just like, here, dip, and I kind of, like, try to push his face towards the jerky a few times, but I feel like he probably just keeps right on chewing, yeah, so I'm like, yeah. alright, well, he'll always stop, and he'll always acknowledge you, but mm-hmm. then he'll just go back to what he's doing. Alright, well then, yeah, I'm gonna lift up that latch, give one look back to the dog, and say, poor guy, I don't Stop. Don't you know what's good for you? Just knock it off. All right. Um, and I'm going to push. I'm going to open. I'm going to lift the latch. Move yeah. past the gate. Head inside. 
look you around walk up the path or drive. Yeah. Camera on my neck, ready to snap a photo of okay. anything that comes out. You go up the path. Um, there's some tree cover that makes it difficult to see where you're going until you get there. You're kind of going under this tree cover, shafts of moonlight kind of piercing here and there. And you eventually get up the way, you know, it kind of goes up a little, it kind of winds up a little bit and lets out onto a flat clearing on the hill that is basically two buildings. There is a single story ranch style home. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And right next to it, what appears to be, in the moonlight at least, what appears to be a sort of like old rusted out shed. I assume you have a flashlight or something on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a flashlight. I am going to start to move towards the ranch house, mm-hmm. stop for a minute, look back at that shed, put my head in my hand, like put my head in my hand with my free hand and go, animals on animals in the distance. You could just go into the, you could go into the farmhouse and just look around, figure out what's going on and go home. But you're not going to do that, are you? You're going to go into the farmyard. You're going to go into the farm. You're going to go into the shed. You're going to go look at the shed. And I kind of start like reluctantly as I'm muttering to myself about like, you're just a, you're just another dog chewing off your hind leg as you march. Yep. That's where we're going. We're marching right towards that shed, aren't we? And I make my way over there. And I look to see if the door opens, if there's anything around it. I listen at the door to see if there's anything inside. Indeed, the door is actually um, the door is actually partially opened already. Um, the 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 wind catches a little bit, and there's a sort of like creak as it kind of like opens even wider, as if to welcome you in. Mm-hmm. And from the outside, you just see the inky blackness of the inside of the shed. You're welcome to go in with your flashlight, of course. I'm definitely, I'm going to beam the flashlight around inside, see if anything, see if anything is immediately apparent. How big is the shed? It's probably like, um, it's bigger than like a sort of suburban, you know, tool shed or whatever, right? It's bigger than that, but it's not quite as big as a barn, right? It's a pretty good size. And yeah, I'm going to flash my light around, see if I can catch the walls, see if I can get the layout of the shed. And if I can't, then I'm going to have to head inside. At a glance, you're going to see... At a glance, you're going to see... Well, it's a, a not unfamiliar scene, actually. You're going to see what appears to be like, um, like old set equipment. Mm-hmm. like uh, spotlights and maybe even an old camera mm-hmm. um, just being stored here. Um, yeah, that's what you see at a glance. No animals, <laughs> no goats All or right. anything. Well, that's a relief. Um, I'm going to... Okay, I'm going to keep a note of that. I'm going to turn the head back towards the, back towards the farmhouse. Uh Whatever they're doing, they're filming something in the shed. That's never a great sign, but uh, I feel like maybe my answers are in the farmhouse. 
So the front door, uh, do you go to the front or the, or the back? I suppose that's oh, a good back question. Door. Back door. Uh, the back door, both, both doors, in fact, have, um, uh, they're almost certainly locked, but they have like a little, a little white, like intercom box mm-hmm. that allows you to buzz and speak to whoever's inside the house. What do you do? I'm going to roll my eyes back and say, don't, don't make yourself known. That's yeah. I'm going to buzz it. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good. There's a crackle. You can hear the buzz from inside when you press the button. Right. And a voice comes back. A man's voice says, um, hello. I'm looking for Elsie. Elsie? Yeah. Uh, who may I ask is asking for her? To whom am I speaking? It's, uh, it's Calvin. She's probably not going to be too happy to hear that, but, uh. Calvin. That's a really nice name, Calvin. Thank you. I like that name. Hey, Calvin. Yeah. What are you wearing right now? Vest, tie, old khakis, mud caked, black uh, black work shoes, also mud caked, camera. Hey, Calvin. Increasing feeling of dread. Hey, Calvin. I hope you don't think I'm being too forward, but you have a really sexy voice. Has anyone ever told you that? I get it all the time. You don't let me in or not. I bet you do. Yeah. So what did you need again? Looking for Elsie. Right. Elsie. Are you like, are you like her boyfriend or something, Calvin? No, just a friend. Just a concerned friend. I bet you've got a girlfriend, though, don't you, Calvin? Eh, I, I've, I've gone on a few dates. Nothing too serious. Something tells me you're a real ladies' man, huh? Don't know what gave you that idea. Hmm. Tell me what you were wearing again. And I just kind of walk away without saying anything. I'm just like, this is, this is too much. I'm good. I'll figure it out. And you hear him as you walk away. Hey, are you still there? Hey. Calvin, what do you do? How are you feeling? Uh, feeling a bit like a dog chewing off his hind leg, you know? Hurting myself, but damned if I'm going to stop doing it. I should know better. I should. Every impulse in my body should be telling me that not to do what I'm about, not to keep going. Just to call it. But here I am. Poking around, seeing what comes up. I'm going to head back to that, uh, head back to that shed, head inside, start poking around. See what else turns up. Yeah, let's have a roll. Let's have a roll. 
One dice or two? I'm going to add uh, my insight either way. Yeah, we'll go with two. Uh, that is a six, but not on my insight. My insight is a one, so it was not higher than any of my other dice. But still a six, which is good. Still a six. At first, you think it's maybe huge sacks of flour or something piled up in the corner, but it's not. It's bodies, several bodies, thick, bloated, and the smell coming off of them. is quite wretched. You press forward, I assume? Or are you, mm-hmm. what do you do I, once you see these I, bodies? Uh, I snap a photo immediately. Something catches your eye about one of the bodies. One of the body's hands, its arm is sticking out, and its hand is kind of there, open, mm-hmm. palm face up. And on the palm of the body, this oily, large body, is a mouth. And I don't mean a tattoo. Mm -hmm. There's a literal mouth with teeth in the palm of this body's hand. And now I want that insight roll. Yep. That is a two. Keep my composure, sort of. Indeed. What do you do? Uh, I snap a close-up photo. As I'm back, like, I kind of, like, shakingly get down on one knee. I snap a photo of the mouth on the hand. In so, like, at an angle where, like, you really get the shadow of the mouth to make sure to illustrate, like, this is a mouth. It's not a tattoo. And then I back up. And I pull back my camera, I pull out that Zippo again, and I throw it. I start running towards the... I start running towards the... Uh, I start running towards the house. I, I start running towards the house. I'm too far. Um, I, need to, I, think, I need to know. Yeah, I think, burning, that I think burning... Yeah, burning the bodies, I think, sounds like a great idea. Um, and they actually go up pretty fast, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a... Maybe it's something about the oil on them, but it just, like, ignites, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead and roll Suppress Mythos Knowledge. Give me an insight roll. All right. That is a two. Okay, you're going down, down to four. four. Yeah. And you're just running toward the house? Just running towards the house. Front door or back door? Get front door. I'm going to shoulder check it in. Nice. Let's have that roll. I am going to roll against you this time, though. All right. And I'm going to add my insight. Uh, My insight is a one. Okay. That is a five. One, five, and two. Insight not higher than anything, but I did get a five. Okay. I'm going to roll against you. I can only beat you with a six. Uh, I got a five, so you're good. Great result, right? Yep. You shoulder check the door. It pops open. Inside, it is kind of like you would expect. There's a small foyer. There is some sort of sitting room or living room to your left. 
um, up ahead there is the entryway to what must be a kitchen or something. The decor is all uh, uh, simple, I guess. There's Mm -hmm. a couch that is... There's a couch, there's like a couple of milk cartons overturned to make like a table. Um, It looks a little bit like a really, really... Like, you know... It's pretty ad hoc, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it looks like the couch is just picked up off the street and dropped in there, right? No other decor. There are, however, a couple of... um, a couple of those big like stage lights, those big like set lights, right? The big round mm-hmm. ones, you know? Um, and uh, one of them is on and just kind of illuminating this space where this couch and these couple of, these couple of like little overturned crates are. And no, nobody that you can see anywhere, but to the right, there's a hallway. And you hear noises coming from that direction. Crying. A woman's crying, possibly. A little unclear. Mm-hmm. But someone's in distress. What do you do? That's, I'm running I'm running right, right towards it. No hesitation. Not this time. You're running down the hall. You pass a bathroom. You pass another bedroom to your left, a bedroom to your right, and there's a room at the very end where there's a door. And you see in the crack beneath the door, there is a flickering light, like a strobe light or or a film, right? Like mm-hmm. a, a flickering film reel. And that's where you hear the woman's crying coming from. What do you do? I'm going to throw open the door, see what I see, see what I can get a shot of. You throw open the door and you see what appears to be a makeshift projection area. There is a sheet or cloth of some sort on the wall. There is a film projector playing some kind of movie. Things are flashing flashing quickly in frame of this movie. Um, Animals, uh, people... Um, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all orgiastic. It's all, um, it's, it's violent. It's sexual. Uh, you see over to the left, you see Dahlia Devane, but really Elsie Hunsaker. Um, there she's pressed up against the corner. She's seems to be crying or upset or like, scared of something and indeed she's looking over your shoulder like there's something she's frightened of what do you do uh, uh, I'm gonna kick over the camera I'm gonna try and pull her out of here I guess if I can you grab her and as you turn you see somewhat in silhouette now. Um, it's very it's poorly illuminated, especially with the, the projector kicked over. I think the projector is just laying on its side on the ground, like, you know, flashing bursts of light. And you just see somewhat, you know, s- sort of illuminated there. There's a body 
wide and fat, on big, thick, stump legs, naked. There's no head. It's just shoulders. Mm-hmm. And it raises up its big, thick arms and splays its fingers wide. And you see on the palm of each hand, there's a mouth and a tongue that lolls out of each mouth. Give me an insight roll. All right. As a one. What do you do? Uh, I turn. I I contemplate snapping a picture, but I got enough. I got enough material. I turn and run. And if she comes with me, like if I I I, I, I grab yeah. yeah I grab her by the wrist and I like just start running in the other direction as fast as I can. As you guys are running down the hall, you hear the thing give chase. Its footsteps are heavy, like thump, 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 thump. Like they just, they just pound the floor, right? And give me a roll, a single die roll. Yep. Inside, if you want it, I'm gonna roll against you. I'm gonna take an insight. That's a six on my insight. Right. I don't. I can't beat that. So. I'll give you that insight roll. That's a two um, on my insight roll, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to escape. All right. Let's just fast forward now, if we can. Yeah, yeah. Calvin, yeah. let's have an epilogue. Let's have an epilogue. You can... You can show Calvin um, at any point in time in the future. Uh, whatever you, whatever you'd like. If you need a minute to think about it, by all means. I think we see, I think our, I think our epilogue is a grisly scene. It is like a roadside hotel or motel, something out of the way. And, uh, Calvin and Elsie are there. Calvin is actually dead. He is mangled. His body chewed up, bloated, killed, right? Elsie is crying and screaming and begging. They tried to run. They tried to flee. They even tried to like skip town and this thing found them. And it's looming, and it's approaching with a thump, thump, thump. And then we hear, cut! Oh my god, you're amateurs. Goddamn amateur. Oh my god, but dead bodies don't just, you, you don't fall, you don't throw your hands up. And Calvin comes off from off screen, full cigar in his mouth, and is just screaming at this dead body. And the actor sits up and is like, what? I just, I fell over. I thought that's what, no, you sprayed, you, you looked like you were dying, like you knew you were dying. You're, you've been attacked. You've been killed. Oh my God, amateur. Elsie, uh, Dahlia stands up and is just rolling her eyes like, we have done this take 17 times, Calvin. Get, make your God, just let the goddamn man do his God. You are, th- oh my God, I, I need a break. I'm taking a smoke break. And she walks off, and Calvin is screaming at this actor, and we cut away to Calvin's apartment back in the city. And it looks about the same. There are no more crime scene photos around. Uh, I don't think he ever had the gut, the strength, the guts, the constitution. I don't think he ever really could go back to crime scene photography. I think he's just a little too shaken for it. But 
Next to that article about the politician, there is a poster. A poster for a movie. A movie release poster. Not a big movie. You know, B-movie schlock. But it's uh, The Terror from Room 413. Directed by Calvin Addison. Produced by Dahlia Devane. Based on the award-winning article by Jimmy Wales. And I think we see that poster and that's our closing shot. That they made something of this and i don't know if anybody ever sees it i don't know if the movie ever comes out but they made something from it right and that's what matters nice nice good well that was cthulhu dark hotel Miramar. that's cthulhu dark that was great that was so good <laughs> yeah yeah it was really fun i had a good time oh that was very very good jason thank you so much for coming on party of one this was a delight oh yeah thanks for having me uh, so real quick, uh, before we wrap up, why don't you tell the listeners at home uh, where they can find your work? Go over your work again one more time and tell them where they can find it. Yeah, so I am the uh, I'm one of the organizers of the Gauntlet Gaming Community. We are a podcast network. We have um, a huge uh, monthly gaming calendar, and we uh, produce a zine called Codex. Um, almost everything can be found, um, or at least some information about it can be found on our website, gauntlet-rpg.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Gauntlet RPG, and we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash gauntlet. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was horrifying in all of the best ways. And uh, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future, me. Thanks, Pass Me. And thanks again to Jason for coming onto the show. That game was incredible. I absolutely loved it. Be sure to head to gauntletrpg.com or check the show notes for a link to the Gauntlet Google Plus community. They're a really great group of people doing really cool things and doing a lot to spread the passion for tabletop. I'm a really big fan of what they do. You can also follow Jason on Twitter at GauntletRPG. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Then like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Then head over to bit.ly slash Party of One Discord to chat with us about professional wrestling, the show, role-playing games, all those things that people talk about. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation. Any of those things help new listeners find the show, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also consider backing our show on Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus material, mini-podcasts, and interviews. And Patreon dollars help pay for equipment fees, hosting costs, live shows, convention appearances, all those things that keep the lights on. If by chance you listened to that episode and you thought, I just did not get enough of Jeff Stormer, I need more Jeff Stormer in my life, you should check out all my fantasy children, the character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener prompt and spin it into a fantasy tale, populating a shared universe one character at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to come on to the show, whether you are a podcaster, game designer, professional wrestler, comedian, actor, writer, musician, celebrity chef, or you just enjoy a good role-playing game, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. 